0: Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Comma number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big
1: Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and as I often say when I'm trying to run my Perforos deck, I want to be alone. Squeamy Geek getting caught up on Meta Traffic at the Weatherlight Report.
0: Well Squee McGee and Mr. T joined the dance at the pumpkin patch, which apparently is it's a very, relating to a magic card. It's a
1: very spooky time in Inisrod and in the world that we live in, whatever that is called. Whatever universe that we're in, Earth 57.
0: We're going to start off the top of the cast, ladies and carnage that ensued with... forty-five in a So, uh, I didn't play any games this last weekend. It was my birthday weekend. Uh, my amazing fiance, uh, took me to see Kansas state. Uh, the wildcats play Oklahoma Sooners, uh, in Manhattan, Kansas, a lot of fun, got to tailgate, went and did Aggieville. I cannot wait uh, till tomorrow. I've been
1: waiting to hear the tail end of this story
0: (laughs) since we talked on Monday. Yep. So, uh, that was, it was an absolute blast, but you know, didn't get to play any games. Um, and, but we did play the week before, but at the time that you guys hear this, it's like three weeks ago, so details are fuzzy as they <laughs> always are, but it was an absolute blast shindig. Mr. Magoo's going away party. Uh, he was our original CMD tower art artist. Uh, so he's moving out to Seattle, which I mean, hell kind of the magic mecca, yes. uh, of the country. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really, really cool. Um, and then you know the goat stopped by. Single A. Run McGee, uh, The Godfather. Myself, Sir Nathan. Just a whole lot of great the whole guys. the whole rogues gallery of Kansas City. <laughs> yep. So everyone minus Squee was here during the day. Um, you know we played a couple games. It was probably about 2:30, 3 o'clock, and we were at a six. You know we had six people, and so you know. Some people are like, I don't want to do three person games. I don't want to do five person games. And just it's just always chaos. So I threw out Tuck, as you imagine, you know, I do. Let's do a little three team two at a giant. Why not? (laughs) Let's let's do it. All right. And to put further salt on the wound, let's plane chase it. Come on, like it. Let's make this. <laughs> Sir Nathan's quote was, well, I guess this is the last game I'm playing for the night.
1: <laughs> Did you also throw in Star Wars or DC to make it even more complicated? So
0: I actually said that I wanted to. But the only reason I didn't is because those are so team based that then you would kind of have to set up and like, you know, that we're. Yeah, the Sith. yeah right. So it, it makes it a little bit harder. Um, but, you know. So that was the game, and the teams were me and Mr. Magoo, the Goad and Single A No, sorry, it was the Goad and Sir Nathan, and then it was the Godfather and Single A on a team. Tuck, guess how long that game lasted? Three and a half hours. Maybe 35 minutes. <laughs> okay. We ended up getting to a plane that creatures couldn't block. Single Aeron got that equipment out that when it deals combat damage, you could pay black, 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 five colorless. Target player loses the oh, game. Oh, with uh, yeah, um, the Vorpal Sword, right? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So Vorpal Sworded me, and then immediately Vorpal Sworded the next turn and one. Wow, that's hysterical. Yep.
1: <laughs> no one, Player, yeah. I can't help you there. <laughs>
0: yeah literally that happened and we were all like uh i guess we just do a second game because we didn't (laughs) even play the first one that's never
1: happened in the history of three team two at a giant i swear there's never been a five player game or six player game that has lasted that short that i can remember at least (laughs) where it didn't get comboed out or something but plane chase hey man you gotta roll that plane you gotta roll the plane well plane chase and vorpal sword you can't be that mad Mm
0: -mm. all right tuck do you have any interesting games uh, I got some. you think the community would like to hear about? I got
1: some games in on Tuesday. Um, the one that I want to talk about, I got, so I was in one game and I was playing to ready and I got hated out of the game, like maybe 20 minutes in for no reason. And then that game ended up eh. going, that game ended up going on for another two hours. So I'm really glad I got all of that. Wow. Because the one guy that wasn't doing anything was playing Planeswalkers and eventually got like Tommyo the Sage out and was all over. The one I want to talk about real quick is we did a four player pre-con Battle Slam, right? And I got to play the new zombie deck, which I know we'd kind of talked about it being kind of exciting, potentially like a new avenue for your zombie deck that you kind of feels, it's kind of lost its luster, right? It kind of does the same thing. Um, I have some sour news for you. Turns out even the new zombie deck, it's just a zombie deck. The same problems, (laughs) the same flaws. (laughs) The only thing that's different is you get like an insane value train going with like the, because pretty much the gimmick is whenever you sacrifice a zombie, you get one of the decayed, out so you can kind of amass this giant army but then as soon as they attack they're gone um but again it was like one board wipe away from being over it was like the same thing just like running zombies playing zombies from the graveyard it's just another zombie deck and i was trying to think if i want to build it and i'm pretty sure i don't just because it's a zombie deck so i might keep it because it was kind of fun but yeah that pre-con game went on for like two hours straight this other crew that came in one to play cedh was like ugh I'm not playing. I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm not playing a precon game because they go on for too long. Then they decide to play a higher powered, see a higher power EDH game that went on even longer, with just like four lives wow. in. Then oh, and then that game got drawn to it got a draw, like a, a dead, what? a dead honest draw because someone was attacking with like a gazillion things, knocked two people out, but as damage before damage resolved, someone did a deflecting palm on them. So all the damage came in. The deflecting palm triggered, and then also that person died. So all of your single, all three people died at the same turn. Drawed, draw. But wait, yeah. wouldn't the, de- but wouldn't the deflecting palm prevent that damage? And then they, they, throw it? they looked it all up. I don't know. They like the the people there knew what was going on. So I don't think this is some sort of like rookie mistake or like misread huh. in the rules. It was a draw, which I've done one time in Necazar, uh, which was great. But that was a very, very long time ago.
0: Well, that's going to wrap up 40 Life at a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse.
1: What's the plane Chase? Welcome to another installment of our much-beloved deck therapy series. For this bit, we take a user-submitted deck from a Discord therapy channel with their deck descriptions, strengths, weaknesses, and the help they are looking for. We then recommend three cards to add, one that's a windmill slam drunk, a.k.a. Greasy, One that may have some synergies, but I need a few reps keeping the deck, aka slimy. And one that's way out there, but still fits the theme of the deck, which would be sweaty. So how do you get your deck submitted to Deck Therapy? It's simple. Post a deck link into the Deck Therapy submission channel on the CMD Tower Discord with deck description, strength, weakness, and the help you're looking for. Without further ado, let's lean back in our leather sofa and the therapy is in session. (laughs) Because we got a spooky deck today. So this was submitted by one of our boys out there, Santa's Fake, not Santa's Is Fake. Don't know about that. Uh he submitted his deck. This is Halloween. Uh This gr- is Halloween. This <laughs> is Halloween. 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 Do you like Nightmare Before Christmas? It seems like you're kind of movie. Oh my god. It's yeah. the best Christmas movie of all time. No, that's Die Hard, but that's okay. Uh ooh, we should do a redact review of Nightmare. Put that on the list. Ooh. Yeah, yeah so- and we should do one of Die Hard because I've never seen it. What? All right, we can't we got too much to go through here. We can't go into this insanity. <laughs> so this is led by Lazav Demir Mastermind, the OG Lazav, which is two, two blue, two black. Legendary creature shapeshifter that has 3-3 with hexproof. Whenever a creature card is put into opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may have this card become a copy of that card, except its name is Lazav. It's legendary additional to its other types, and it has hexproof and this ability. A lot of text there. So from Santa's Fake, we have the following information description. This deck is all about the Halloween feel of trick or treat. Put on your masks and ring those doorbells. We are milling, stealing, and copying your spells. All in all, a fun commander when you just don't know what to play, so you hope your your opponents are playing degenerate things you can steal faster than they can. I mean, is a turn three clicks that bad? Yes, it is. Uh, The strengths are mill and playing opponent's creatures. This deck wants to do one thing, and that's play your opponent's deck and trick them into treating you. The weakness is players who don't play creatures or tribal elves and humans and the whatnot this makes you sad when there's no one big when there's no big creatures of steel and he's looking for help with consistency so he really wants this deck to be consistent uh, it depends on who he's playing but it's also kind of slow because lazov does have that kind of difficult casting cost of double blue double black um it doesn't really pop out and it's also one of those decks that work when people start playing their hand uh this deck for me hits very close to home because it's almost a carbon copy of my murko voss deck with a slightly different commander Uh, I have seen Lazav in the field quite a bit. Mr. Combo, have you ever seen a deck led by this commander before?
0: Uh, Yes, I have, because I believe that was featured in Bruise and Build's White Elephant Month with the Godfather's deck.
1: Oh, right, 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 of course. So uh, looking through this, uh, my quick opinions on it is it seems like he kind of has a good idea of what he's trying to do here. Um, Some fun cards in there. I think he has a few that kind of go against the idea of the deck. Uh, and I do think that this is definitely one of those like 75% chance decks, right? If you're playing in a bunch of Spellslingers or maybe like Planeswalkers or Super Friends or that sort of thing, you're not going to have a ton of value out of here. But I think these kind of demir decks are really fun builds. And I think he has some pretty fun cards in here. Mr. Combo, what was your initial thought looking over the deck list?
0: Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I actually look at this deck more is really just a copy deck sure you, you yeah. got a lot of things in here whereas ETB make a copy it's not really stealing um so you know I find it interesting the comment of you know the deck really suffers once people start playing their hands because the way the deck's at least currently constructed it seems like I need a lot of these things on the battlefield right so that right, way right. I could see them and target so uh I definitely agree though this is going to be a whatever percent decks your opponents have It definitely gives me uh, feelings, and I'm sure it'll give the goad nightmares, (laughs) uh, hence Halloween, of my Empress Galena. Sure, yeah, yeah. Steal everything definitely has that, but this is actually a nicer version of my deck, because my deck's actually taking stuff. You have some that'll take stuff, but for the most part, it's, you know, I'm just going to make copies of. So, um, you know, I definitely think there are some staples for your strategy that are missing that I will definitely get on, but... Uh, You know, this is a deck that I wouldn't be that upset at if I saw it hit the table. Um, Even if you explained what your deck is, I'd still be like, "Okay, it's like you're kind of trying to mill, but you're not really trying to mill me out. I could deal with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I completely agree on that. So let's jump in. Uh, So Mr. Combo did a lot of research onto this. So why don't we start with your first pick or picks for Greasy?
0: So for my first immediate slam dunk, I don't know what this term greasy means. Oh, it's so uh, good. This is it's a card that's very near and dear to my heart. And when you're telling me that you're trying to play with your opponent's stuff and you don't have this in the deck, I am just so
1: confused.
0: Is it just Agent of treachery? Oh, I was going to
1: say, is it just Empress (laughs) Gerlita? It could. Oh, no, agent of
0: treachery. Five colorless yeah. blue blue creature human rogue, it's a two-three. When it ETBs gain control of target permanent. So once again, the playing stuff from their hands does not matter. And at the beginning of your instep, uh, if you control three or more permanents you don't own, you get to draw three cards. So it is a lot at seven mana. Right. But with how much control essentially this deck should be doing, I don't see it an issue being able to play it on turn five through seven. And you talked about tribal. What if people are not playing creatures? Well, people got to play permanents. Right. This can now start taking the permanents. Even spell slinger decks run some permanents in the deck to Absolutely. really make the deck shine. So this is going to help you in a lot of different areas.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, pretty, I pretty much agree on across the board. But we were both wrong because when you brought this up in my Queen Marquesa deck, I think a gazillion years ago, you're like, just wait. It'll go to rotation. The price will go down. It's still $6. So people are still playing with this left, right, and center. But yeah, Agent of Treachery is going to do everything that you want. Um, a little bit more of a control than a copy, but again, quite, quite strong. So good, great start there. I completely agree on that. Yeah, so for my next ad, this is one of Tuck's pet cards.
0: He seems to run this Black Legend in quite a few decks. Don't know why you don't have Gaunty Lord of Luxury oh. in the card. <laughs> yes, in the deck. of
1: course. It's so, so good. Two
0: colorless, black, black, legendary creature, Aetherborn Rogue. It's a 2-3. Uh, it has Death Touch, which, yeah, that's whatever. But yeah. when it ETBs, look at the top four of target opponent's library. Exile one face down. Put the rest on the bottom, and then you may look at and cast that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it mana of any color or type to cast that spell. Uh, that's huge because if people kill Gonta, you still get to use that card, and it's basically going to give you... Anything minus a land. Right. So anything but a land, you're going to be able to cast, which is awesome. Um, you're being able to not just use your opponent's permanents now. Now we're starting to use their spells.
1: I love Gonti. Uh you're just so we're just gonna turn this into a rogue subtribal deck. I hope the next yeah. two I hope the next two, and actually the death touch does play into a card that I want to bring up. So we'll put a pin oh. in we'll put a pin in that. What's your what's one of your next picks if you got another? All right. So I got two more. Okay. This
0: one. I went through the deck. Now, this is where your strategy might have to alter a little bit because you do have some stuff that ETBs gain control until blankety-blank leaves the battlefield, and this would be a right. little disadvantageous with your Conjurer's Closet, um, and it's not going to help you with your clones, but I think you have enough that it'll make sense. Panharmonicon. Oh, you got yep. a lot of ETB stuff. We just talked about Gonti and Agent of Treachery or colorless artifact rare. If an artifact or creature enters the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent, you control to trigger, it gets to trigger an additional time. Like I said, there'll be right. some things where this maybe isn't gonna be the most advantageous, uh, specifically your clone effects, but everything else I think is gonna give uh, your deck more power. And you talk about consistency, nothing's better than whatever strategy you're trying to do, have it happen twice. twice.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And this is actually going to play into one of my sweaty picks as well. So even better. Yes, I think like, I agree with you. I think the only thing is just looking into how many effects you have that are going to be doubled. Right. But if you figure out like, you know, your hostage takers of the world and whatnot, then that will help a lot into it. So I agree with you. Great pick. It does just depend on how the deck is going to ultimately be built if he's going to make some alterations. But yeah, Panharmonicons is just such a banger. And my last slam dunk card
0: is a recent discovery of mine. Uh, unfortunately, it is now $27. <laughs> uh, we're talking about bribery. Three oh, colorless, God, blue, yeah. blue, sorcery, search target opponent's library for a creature card. Put that card into play under your control. Then they get to shuffle. You know, this now allows you to do literally what you want when you want to yeah. do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, bribery is incredible. Uh, I got a... the. the Quick thing I'll say about this is I bought a heavily damaged version from single Aeron. I tried to clean it. I made it even more damaged. So I had marketing Ross come through and put in some pretty awesome alternate art on it. But yes, bribery is so efficient. Um, to your point, when I looked at this, I was like, I guess this is just on the reserved list. It's not, and has not got a reprint in anything? No, no commander legends, no nothing. And this is, I think a card that's a borderline standard play in commander, right? Like it's, I feel like it's played quite a bit.
0: Uh, i mean i'll be honest i don't hardly ever see it played outside really? of my own decks but i think if this was more reasonably priced i'll even go as far as to say ten dollars to fifteen. Oh, i think yeah. you would see it probably in every single deck um or a lot of them right because for five mana for ten dollars that effect is insane It's insane.
1: yeah and then like i think in like if you can get it down to two in spell slinger decks like that's going to go a long distance oh. as well yeah That's where mine is, is in my Wizard Harry deck.
0: Mm. All right, well, Tuck, what are your, and I'll use your term, greasy picks?
1: So I I only went in with one on all these um, because if I went any further, then I'm just going to turn this into my mill deck, which I don't want to do. But the one that I thought is going to be really good is that I think you're going to have some creatures that are going to be beating in, and I didn't see a lot of, like, mill wheel effects and i think whispering madness is really going to push through there so whispering madness is two colorless demir demir staple almost two colorless blue black for sorcery each player discards their hand then draws cards equal to the greatest number of cards a player discarded this way so you're refilling people's graveyards you're you're pulling the best creature out of there and then also cypher so whenever when you cast it you may exile this card and code it on a creature you control that creature deals combat damage to a player you may cast a copy of it without its mana cost, so I think a lot of these things I've been reading about Lazav is they want Lazav to be dealing damage in some way, shape, or form, so pretty easy to throw it on there or one of the many other efficient creatures that you have in here as well. Wheeling, drawing, going through the whole thing.
0: Yeah, well, and actually a really cool kind of setup you can do with this is it doesn't even matter what Lazav is, cast Whispering Madness, go ahead and cipher it on Lazav, you're now going to have potentially at most 21 mm. to 25 now net new cards in graveyards right that could give you something that's unblockable go do it again exactly and who knows what you'll get uh that's that's just kind of the neat thing with Lazav just being able to be a copy of anything that hits your opponent's graveyards and and it's, just it's like time, hey right? I, yeah. can take, I can take I could take a chance because I'm gonna have 20 plus cards to look at something will be there
1: absolutely so Um, the only thing that I don't like, the the one thing that I was trying to do when I was reading about this is trying to find more ways to mill before Lazav gets in the red zone. So you can then turn Uh, them into something, your blight seal. Well, that wouldn't work, but blight seal colossus adjacent sort of stuff. So this is kind of, you get that once, but again, the amount, like you said, of seeing all those options, refilling your own hand, filling your own graveyard, pretty strong. So that's so that's actually a, oh, sorry, go you actually can do blight
0: steel, it's just blight steel gets shuffled back in. Oh, so as long oh, as you have a hits, way to make your yeah. yeah. It hits the graveyard. So if you have a way to make your opponent bounce blight steel, then discard it, then technically oh, it can be a blight ooh, steel.
1: I like, I like that. I like that a lot. So that was our, our greasy picks, pretty windmill slams into the deck. Now we're getting to ones that are slimy, a little harder, you know, might want to get a few reps in. Uh Mr. Combo, go right ahead here as well. All right. Don't roll your eyes, please. You know Blight's, it's coming. Blightsteel Colossus. Wait, no. Uh hold on. Ar- no, no, no. Is it uh Alter the Brood? Oh yes, it is. Alter oh the Brood, God. uh, one colorless <laughs>
0: artifact. Whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, each bone puts the top card of his or her library into his graveyard. I'm sorry, like this actually should be a slam dunk, but I want I want you to try to get a better feel. For what the deck's trying to do is right. it more of the mill is it more of the i'm just going to take your stuff straight from the battlefield or your hand or deck right 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 so I, I but i think it has a place in here because if you are trying to consistently get things into the graveyard i mean altar of the brood is literally the most efficient card in magic that does that
1: one mana and then you just play the game as normal right. and it just keeps milling over and over and over again how many copies of this do you think you own follow-up question how many do you how many are the the promos so, uh,
0: own, uh, I'm probably in the, uh, I don't know, 11 to 15 range, maybe 18, somewhere wow. in there. Um, promo, I believe that's the Ugin's fate. Yeah. Copy.
1: Yeah. It's showing $25. That's what I was going to ask. How many of them are the Ugin's fate? Cause I think you were buying those like for $5 a pop back in the day. Actually,
0: um, I think I only have one. Ooh, almost is it, it, all of them are the cons of Takir ones. Now I have yeah. different like uh pre-release versions and regular foil versions. But uh, yeah, yeah, the Ugin's Fate one, I just never could justify buying a bunch of the foils because the foils before the jump were still like $15. Right, right. When right. I could get a cons of Takir foil for five.
1: Yep, absolutely. So yeah. Sure. Hey, it's hard to argue. It it is, and I was looking through because he does have twenty-three creatures, nineteen artifacts, thirty-four lands, and five enchantments. That's a lot of permanence. So it seems yep. like he's going more like the permanent route in this rather than the instance and sorceries like Spellslinger Mill. Uh, so, ugh, sure. <laughs> I know. Right. It hurts you. It, it, hurts, it hurts me. It hurts me so good. So please tell me you got another one that I can't just yes. raw predict. The,
0: these are ones that you will like. And these are ones where you kind of have to figure out how you're doing your strategy because. These are ETBs. They get the thing once until they leave. Mm. So you'll have to figure out that. So the first one would be like Dragonlord Slumgr. Oh, yep. Or Colorless Demir, Legendary Creature, Elder Dragon, Mythic, 3-5, Flying, Death Touch. When it ETBs gain control of target creature or Planeswalker. So it gives us a little bit of flexibility there for as long as you control Dragonlord Slumgr. So the reason that this and um, Mind Flayer... Oh, Mind is a new card. Three colorless blue blue, creature horror, three, three. Uh when Mind Flare ETBs gain control of target creature for as long as you control Mind Flare. I I don't know. I would need to see your deck do a few reps because th- there's two ways you can look at this one it's you're getting the best thing at the time mm-hmm. and then you could use your panharmonicons of the world or, or sorry your conjurers closets of the world to do the blinking to maybe get the next best thing right but i'm trying to get your deck to be able to do the things more now this would be beautiful with panharmonicons you're taking two things right that's, that's what i was gonna great. say about dragon lord too yeah yeah but the the bouncing thing because i i want to i want to abuse that as much as i can so Feel out the deck. See what your strategy is. But these
1: are cards, in my opinion, could take place of your
0: clones and make better use of your other stuff.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, And Solengar, by the way, is $15, which is bananas. Because, I I mean, it's a good card, but I wouldn't pay $15 for this unless I was playing like dragons, I suppose. But yeah. um, Well, for for some reason, the promo of Mind Flayer uh,
0: is $27 when a normal (laughs) copy is (laughs) $0.50.
1: I, who knows? Anymore. Insanity. Yeah, it is insanity. Uh, do you have any other slimy picks? Okay. Well, mine is, it's kind of slimy, kind of greasy. Um, it just depends on the mill strategy. So when I was looking through the deck, I didn't see, there is a fair amount of mill stuff in here, but there's not piles and piles and piles of it. In like a normal mill deck, it's kind of incidental. But if you're trying to find consistency, you want other avenues to win, right? We've kind of talked about that on multiple things of being like, if you go all in on one thing, your deck probably won't be as consistent as if you don't have any sort of redundant or any other like win con, if you will. So in my opinion, mm-hmm. Sir Conrad could be oh a pretty good, God. could be a pretty good pick. Get out of here. here. <laughs> Three colors, black, black for legendary creature. He will haunt me. <laughs> it's so good. Um, Whenever another creature dies, or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than Battlefield. Or a creature card leaves your graveyard. Conrad the Grim deals one damage to each opponent. And then a colossus black, each player mills a card. So the reason why I put this in kind of the mid-range is if you're going to go in on the mill plan, this card is going to go berserk. Um, yeah. You're going to be killing people left, right, and center. If you go in with like the Whispering Madness and that sort of thing. I just don't know if you're in the current build if you're going to get the value out of it that you want. It's also... As mr combo alluded to is just a complete like you play it, and the entire table's ears perk up immediately because they already yes you do not you don't run this card by accident right like i feel like you always kind of put mm-hmm. it in here for a yep. specific reason uh but if you're trying to find another consistent way to win sir conrad is going to be able to push in a lot of damage pretty quickly yeah, I
0: I hate this agree card I I've I've been on the receiving end of Conrad many many times. Index um, as
1: commander <laughs> in real life, uh, some guy named Conrad repoed he, my truck. I was gonna say he just came um, and punched you in the face one time when you worked He just he just uh, dry gulched you. Jesus. So yeah, so All right, right, well, but yeah, no, oh, yeah, ahead.
0: Conrad. It, it's it's great for the deck. Um, I do agree. It is the. Uh, kind of that middle tier, you need to see how much of the stuff going into graveyards. Cause that's kind of where you're at with this deck is you're at a crossroads, similar to right. the way I was with Aloro. You have your fingers in a lot of different strategies. And I think you maybe need to get it down to just like two. two. And if you yeah. get it down to that, you'll probably be able to cut out like, a lot of the fluff.
1: Like mill mill, and commander damage or something along those lines, right? Sure. Yeah. So, okay, perfect. Well, that, that well, oh, You sorry. know, it'd be funny.
0: You know it'd be funny i got a uh maybe you should do this type change to the deck still keep lazav as your commander persistent partitioners, baby
1: <laughs> oh there, what was it? i think uh that is an option on edh rec that was that was a deck that people run it into <laughs> All right, well, let's go into the sweaty picks. These ones are going to take you a little bit longer. I have two. Mr. Combo, how many do you have here?
0: Um, I have uh, one idea, but two cards, and then I have two others. So three okay. total things to talk All about. All right, you go You go right ahead then. All right. So the reason these are my... Uh, you got to wait a while. I don't know if it's going to work. It's because it has a lot to do with your play group. Mm. Um, so these guys deal with stealing artifacts. So Thada, Adele, oh, uh, Inquisitor yeah. comes to mind. Colorless, blue, blue, legendary creature, Merfolk, rogue, 2-2. Two, two, it has Island Walk. Uh, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you get to search their library for an artifact card and exile it. Uh, and then until end of turn, you may cast that card or play it if it's an artifact land. And the other one is Memnark. So Memnark seven colorless, legendary artifact creature, wizard. It's hey. a 4-5 and it has two activated abilities uh colorless blue blue target permanent becomes an artifact in addition to its other types three colorless blue gain control of target artifact so both of these cards are going to bring a lot of the theft aspect whether it be from the deck or from the battlefield i just don't know if you're going to have a maybe the mana to make memnark exceed where it really does um or if your opponents will have enough uh, artifacts, mm-hmm. but it could be something that you could leverage Thada Adele, like a talisman or a soul ring. Maybe you cut out a mana rock, put Thada Adele oh. in, and it's like, it's kind of the same thing. It's going to just go steal my opponent's
1: artifacts. Right. It right, also right.
0: pushes your deck to be more 75% because you've made it yours less efficient and you're relying more on your opponents.
1: Yeah. And I think to your point with Thada, the island walk thing that came to bite me. Like someone had island walk on a card they played, um, I don't remember what it was, but they had Island Walk, and they could literally... They were unblockable for every person at the table. Right? Like, it just so happened, you're always gonna have someone, and if someone's playing blue, unless they're playing Simic, they're probably gonna be running a fair amount of Mana Rocks, which are great to go steal. So, yeah. Memdark is definitely greasy. I like Thought of Adele a lot. Um, It's just, to your point, it does boil down to, do you feel like you're actually gonna be able to activate this thing, or is it just gonna be destroyed immediately without even getting anything out of it?
0: You got it. Yeah. The next card... Uh, as a brand new one. It just came out. The reason this is kind of a you really need to take a hard look at the deck and your playgroup is because it's counterintuitive specifically to your commander. And it will very, very, very well uh, succeed with any of your uh, opponents that play aristocrat decks. So Giza Glorious Resurrector, oh, I think, could yes. be great for this. Two colorless, black, black, legendary creature, human wizard. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. Get it. It's counterintuitive to your commander. But at the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards exiled with Gisa onto the battlefield under your control. And then they have that new decayed mechanic. So with decayed, it cannot block. And when it attacks, it gets sacrificed at the end of combat. And she's a four four. So once again, we're stealing your opponent's stuff. Uh, Also, it says exile it instead the aristocrat prayers you're kind of shutting them down she could do a lot of things and this is actually a card uh that i bought for i bought a play set from spanky's uh, nice. just last week or the week before uh for like four dollars a piece because it's like you know what i don't know where i'm going to be putting her but she has the feelings of a very chameleon like card
1: yeah and i saw this i got i also saw this on tuesday and it like warped the entire game around it right it was like okay well we have to be way more smart with how we're attacking we have to be way more smart with like doing board wipes and that sort of thing much more situational um yeah i think this card is probably pretty solid in here and it's a four drop. You can get him now for a dollar. So $1.77. So uh, I think this card is going to be played all over the place in Commander.
0: Completely agree. Um, and my last one, this is more group huggy. It's more fun. I think it'll deter your opponents away from you. Uh, but it's going to help because it's going to fill the battlefield with stuff. Because that's the direction I think this deck right. needs to go. Take from the field. Braids, Conjurer, Adept. Two colorless blue blue, legendary creature, human wizard. It's a rare, it's a 2-2. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player may put an artifact creature or land from their hand onto the battlefield. I get it. It's a big risk. And usually, and usually the person that's playing braids is the really scary person. But here's the cool thing. You're doing braids with Lazav. It's like kind of weird and it doesn't quite make sense because you know you would think Lazav I want you to wheel why am I letting you take stuff from your hand right right I right. see you playing these clone effects and it's like well i mean uh, it, it looks like the scariest thing would be whatever we have so it's like I know my thing's fine. I don't need to worry about it. You know I'm worried about Big Tuck or I'm worried about that. Right. It right, almost right. causes like political conflict at the table, um, yeah. and I th- really think all eyes will be away from you. So, th- but this is one you need to evaluate. It's your opponents and it's your it's your play group.
1: And I think in this deck, this does again. You always run the background of someone dumps an omniscience and just wins, right? Like that always sucks. Yep. But to your point, I think this kind of turns into one of those cards that we like that turns it into like well, do I really want to play this giant creature knowing that within the turn cycle, it's going to get yanked or even yeah. an artifact or anything, right? So I think I do like how this is, this is, will, your opponents will view on the surface that they're benefiting more than you. But in reality, you're actually could come on top because you're going to take their best thing, right? So it's, yep. it's, t- it's a tough one. I think this card, this is one you really, have, this is one you really have to do with your play group, right? If you're, if people yep. are playing super strong decks, Maybe not the right idea because they could just win on the spot. But I like where I like where your heads at on this one, Mister Combo. I'm I'm very proud of you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, Tuck, why why don't you finish us out? Uh, What is your? Ugh, I don't like saying
1: it. Sweaty. It's sweaty. It's sweaty. So I have two here. Another one just came out, and I think I got spoiled on this because I just watched uh, the Asian Avenger on MTG stream today when I was like doing some coding. Uh, brand new. This one I don't think is probably going to be good enough, but I want to bring it up. Siphon Insight and it's S-I-F-O-N not the other one. So for a blue and a black, it's an instant. Look at the top two cards of target opponent's library. Exile one of them face down, put the other on the bottom of that library. You may look and play the exiled card for as Mains, remains exiled. You may spend mana over a man of any color to cast that spell and it has flashback. So yeah. I think it's, it's, it's not the best card in the planet, right? And I'm not, I have no idea what you would cut for it. But I do like like this idea that you could potentially get something huge off it or just exile something that they could go, right? There's a lot of tutors. This is low enough cost to where someone, vampire tutors, scheming symmetry, something like that, you can kind of cut them off at the knees and take the card that they're looking for and they do it again. You could go flash it back and take it back. It's a little, it's a big risk because you're only getting two cards. That's why for me, it's so sweaty. Uh, But I like how efficient it is, right? If you're playing with people who are tutoring like crazy, this card's really going to shine. But if your playgroup's a little bit more battlecruiser-y or, you know, shies away from those sort of effects, you might not get the bang for the buck that you're looking out of it.
0: I think the only way I'd get behind this card is if there were things in the deck, and then this would still fit the theme, but if you had things in the deck that were, you know bounce a thing to the top of opponent's library if he had if he had some of that type of control in the deck that'd be like you know what take a flyer on siphon insight you know worst case it's a tutor protector but best case you bounce their best thing and get it right um so then i could see it a little bit but yeah this is really going to be playgroup dependent i i think i'd only do it if you played in a tutor heavy playgroup Mm -hmm. if if you do that then i think it's worth it but if not it might just be too risky with only two cards
1: right and especially because you're playing black like you have so much like a lot of blue stuff is bounced like you said so there's probably better options that you'll have out there but that's what i'm saying it's, Rift. It's just, yeah there you go as an interesting one so then the other the other pick i had i think this card goes really well in the 99 but if you wanted to get crazy and wanted to do your pan harmonicon rigmarole and turn it into a little bit more of an eb an ETB deck I think you could turn all your cards into even mana values, and then run Gyruda as your command, as your companion. Four colorless, demir, demir. That's blue or black. Uh, it's companion. Uh, your starting deck only contains cards with even mana values. Six, six. When it enters the battlefield, each player mills four cards. Put a creature card with an even mana value from among the milled cards on the battlefield under your control. So this is. There's, you would have to do a lot of thinking if you want to go through this. But Tuck, you do realize that you would make them cut
0: 100 cards. Three. Hold on, 33, 37. They'd have to cut 37 cards from their deck. What? Sorry, Are- no,
1: 38 art is art is difficult right like it's a difficult it's like i understand it right you have to suffer for your art if you want to do this and then you no, you cut those 38 <laughs> and you put in 38
0: persistent petitioners there, there you go. yeah there
1: you go right and a right and a writer replication then you're then you're golden then you can't lose uh i single aaron had a build of this he builds and recycles his deck so often but he had one that was literally just gyruda copy and it, with panharmonicon and clones that actually worked pretty well so if you want to go in on that sort of strategy. And Gyruda is really going to be the main driver through this. Uh, then I think you could I, you could make the argument for it. You would really have to take apart a lot of this tech, though. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why that's why I'm saying it's it, like look. When we talk about sweaty cards, we talk about things that are out there, and I just wanted I just wanted to prove that it was out there.
0: All right. Well, uh, I think um, we're now dripping in sweat on this leather couch. I believe the therapist is asking us to leave um, and never come back. So that will wrap up Deck Therapy. This is Halloween with Lazav and Santa's Fake. Thank you for being a patron. And if you want to see your deck on Deck Therapy, just remember to join our patron community. It's only a buck. You get into the Discord, post a little description about your deck plus a link, and uh, who knows? Maybe you will end up on that sweaty Sweaty leather couch. Well, that's going to wrap up. What's the plane chase? Now in that last segment, Big Tuck dives into those oh. creative juices with the Big Tuck Tornado Report.
1: <laughs> Sounds like you're trying to hawk a loogie. Ah, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, welcome, welcome back. I was going to take it the NASCAR thing and go like, Broom. welcome back to the NASCAR track with Big Tuck. But that Tuck. Felt too natural? Yeah. How dare you? Uh so I this is kind of a gimme. Um I had seen this deck played recently and I saw some cards in here that were really interesting. So um I wanted to go with a Gruel Town and I want to do a Lands Matters deck. So I wanted to go with Borigamoros, not a rigmarole, enraged. Uh that is B-O-B-O-R-B-O-R-Y-G-M-O-S. So, uh Brigibus and Rage is four colorless, double red, double green, for legendary creature Cyclops. with a 7-6 with Trample. When he deals combat damage to the player, reveal the top three cards of the library, put all land cards revealed this way into your hand, the rest in your graveyard. But more importantly, you discard a land card, and he deals three damage to any target. So currently, there's 525 decks out here with them, which is a little bit over the Weatherlight Report standard, but this is the Tuck Tornado Watch and we're going in with this deck the big thing in here that i like is i think a lot of these land matters deck put cards on put lands onto the battlefield and here that's good to a point but you want to figure out ways to bring those cards up to your hand oh and that's
0: very that's very interesting but tuck we, we have to we have to talk about something i've never even heard of borbergamos or Baba Ganoush, whatever his name is.
1: Baba Ganoush.
0: Uh, And there are legends out there that it's like, God, why can't we get a better or another version of this? Or why can't we get yeah. that? How the f*** does this <laughs> shit-tard have two legendary creature cards? There's a Barbagamos, that's the three-colorless <laughs> double uh, gruel, and then the one we're talking about today, which is Enraged. Yes. uh i think this is just awful set design <laughs> this clearly was part of some mishkova that was happening in the uh, 2000s and uh i now uh will go
1: sit down and weep so the one thing that's really funny on this is that during a gp in the final rounds of it someone had someone was playing this burger Roast deck back when it was popular because there's like some gimmick you could do with it so the person played a card and he was like, What card do you want to name? And the person besides him who was trying to lock him out of the game just said Brigger Because <laughs> he did say enraged, and it's on camera. And then he's like, Okay, fair enough. Brigoros Enraged. <gasps> no way. Yes. Yes. It's on like I saw I saw like top 25 critical misplays or something like that done. And this was on camera at a GP was the dude just like dumbfounded like, and hating himself. Damn. Yeah, he was so upset, like, and I don't think he can even think of what the name was. So oh anyways, um, I did see this. <laughs> uh, I did see this played recently, so it's a little bit cheesy on it, but uh, I think this is a fun card and definitely a little bit different if you're trying to do things with land. So I got four quick ones here. Um, I have two kind of basic ones and then two that are kind of pretty cute tech. So the first one is a card that I've always wanted to work. But doesn't often, and that is Groundskeeper. So one col- one green for a creature human druid. That's a colorless and a green. Return target basic land from your graveyard to your hand. So eventually you will flood out in this. You're playing Gruul. You're playing your manas, and I think you're when you're building this, you're playing it with like forty five lands, right? You're playing sure. a bunch, and like there's going to be draws. You're going to be pitching a lot of lands, which we'll get to. And Groundskeeper is a way that you can continually refuel your hand to pick stuff off. Right? Last we've talked about three damage. To any, three damage isn't a lot, right? It's lightning bolt, but like that can pick yeah. off, two of those can pick off commanders. One of those can pick off mana dorks. You can ping down planeswalkers and being able to constantly refill your hand at such a low rate, it seems very efficient. When I saw this played, it was very strong. Or it could refill
0: your hand so you could be poisoning your opponent's three poison counters at a time if you give him infect.
1: Well, okay, we're, we're not doing that, but that would be, oh yes, we can't, I do need something to do with all these grafted exoskeletons, And also to that point, uh, since you chided me about Triumph of the Hordes, I've taken started taking all the, I think I have seven just like sitting around. So anyways, grounds, groundskeeper's number one. Um, number two is, yes. Yeah, so
0: what I was gonna say is, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. The one thing I would actually say though, you mentioned 45 lands. I'm, I'm thinking a little crazy. I'm thinking you literally do Bergamoros, basic lands, and then only other cards you have in the deck are either ways to ramp. So that way you get Burger out as quick as sure. possible. Yeah. Uh, ways to get those lands back from the graveyard to your hand. And then maybe some protection for them. So I can yeah, see right. this being like a 75 land deck. Oh. Because the one thing I would get worried about is the putting the rest into the graveyard clause. I don't like that. You, right. You know, right, I don't, right. It, it's kind of like why I don't like the red card draw, which is usually like discard to draw. That's just wasting resources. So if there's a way that you could reduce the amount of resources you waste and then, you know, sure. then you always have fuel. It doesn't matter
1: if you're land flooded because that's nine damage right there. Exactly. So no, I'm I'm here for it. Um, And second and to that point, this is the next. Actually, all the cards I'm all the cards I'm suggesting are going to play right into that. So I like where Ooh. your head's at. Yeah. So the next one i want to say is a really efficient ramp in this uh and that's orcus lumberjack so for one red you get a creature orc you tap you sack a forest and add three mana any combination of red or green so for me this is like a premier ish um mana dork in here right so sure. you're gonna sack a forest but like you just said you're not playing this thing you know you know that you're gonna be sacrificing lands you know that you're gonna yep. be discarding lands and that sort of thing and Morose costs a gazillion mana, right? So it's going <laughs> to yep. take you all to get there. I think for one mana, knowing that you're, the forests that you're binning are going to be coming back in the right ways is really mm. going to make this very efficient to, to churn out your cultivates, to churn out whatever and replace the forest that you're burning off.
0: Yeah, I mean, cards like this, you know, uh, I doubt you're talking about it because it's kind of like a try-hard card. <laughs> but the... Um, the other red creature where you could pay three life, get a red to your main pool. uh, Treasonous Ogre. Treasonous Ogre. Yes. So I I actually think that cards like these where you're using life as a resource or your lands as a resource to accelerate quicker is gonna be huge because of how effing expensive Barigamorose is. You know, you can't be casting him on turn five, six, seven. You probably need to get him out like turn three
1: or four. Exactly. Totally agree there. So bend those fours, cut them down, uh, you're going to love it. So then this and, is another and tuck. And I just yes. noticed it doesn't even say untapped forest. That's mm. nuts. That's insane. Yeah. It's great. We Man. talked about this. We talked about this on a CEDH. One of the times in that terrible, terrible month that we did, I was like, just put this in because who cares what your lands are? Cause you already run all the zero drop mana rocks. That's fair. Yeah. It's bonkers. So the next two, I'm holding the last one for the last, because I'm really excited about it. And when I saw it played, I blew my mind. But uh, so again, the the thing that you run into in green a lot is a lot of times you're it's putting a lot of mana into the battlefield right a lot of lands which is good but also like sort of counter t- counterintuitive into this deck right so rights of spring will let you turn all of those cards that you don't need into lands so colorless and a green for a sorcery discard any number of cards search your library for up to that many basic land cards reveal them put them into your hand and then shuffle so again once you get brigham rose down and you have no need for your soul rings your orcish lumberjacks and the like you can just immediately cycle them in for lightning bolts and then be able to like get that get that thing going through again Mm -hmm. if you're running things like um the green draw which a lot of it is based around like power and toughness you're going to be drawing piles of cards once you get your commander out which again is like the point of the deck so being able to efficiently cycle those out into lightning bolts and do responses and eventually your win con seems like a pretty good rate at two mana Yeah, I mean, I just like how we're coining "cycling for lightning bolts" uh,
0: here on this (laughs) channel. Uh, That will become a phrase used at GPS. Uh, Yes, I'm going to play "Rights of Spring" so I can cycle for lightning bolts. Cycle lightning bolts.
1: Yeah, all day. So that one, uh, that's that leads us to the last one, which was the stupidest and cutest interaction that I saw when I saw this played recently. All right. I when he played this, I was just like, "What are you doing? Like, where are you go? Where are you going with this? This makes no sense." um but it came back and I think he did 27 damage off this one card if that's possible yeah yeah that's a that's the visible by three bag of holding Uh so for one colorless for an artifact when you discard a card exile that card from your graveyard then for two colorless tap draw a card discard a card four colorless and tap sacrifice bag of holding return all cards exiled to their owner's hand it was insane he got this out I think on turn one or two and just would do two tap, discard a land, put it here. I was like, I, like I was just sitting there and just looking at this. It's like, this is like a fringe card playable. You're not dealing with exile. But then after he did it like four or five times, I realized he just had this stack of lands underneath there. It just came to me and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is how you win. And I, I'm dead ass serious. He he had seven, ten lands, uh, something like that underneath here over the course of the game. And, and he's like, all right, I've got to pay for sacrifice this i think someone did like a board wipe yeah like a some big like non-permanent thing when he had his commander out he's like all right fair enough so i'm gonna kill you for doing that and the next <laughs> turn i'll have all my mana i have my hand full of lands that i can play with my explorations or whatever and get him back again it was just so brutal um and some really cute tech in here i was very proud of that guy it was really awesome yeah, I really like that.
0: Plus, it's kind of this cool combo with the commander. Yeah, the two two tap to draw discards, very, very cute, but it's cuter if you just use your commander's ability, discard all the lands, lightning bolt, pay four, get them all back, do it again. Right. Exactly. Um, that is some tech right there. Oh God, and then you go E-Wit, bring it back, do bring it, it again. Back. yeah. Oh my gosh, that's just again. filthy. Do it one more time. Um, so-, so, I'm curious. So, we talk about how this really needs the commander yeah he's also an expensive boy but do you have angry omnom as a backup in the 99
1: i think you have i think you kind of have to right i think any yeah. of these i it's if you're playing a lands manor decks, at all in red and green for me to your point i think you have I'll to, to kind of you kind of have to right like yeah he's so strong in and of himself um yeah, I think you pretty much have to. I, I like. Okay. I can't. Can you think of a land? Can you think of a lands matter decks in those colors that wouldn't want Angry
0: Omnom? Uh, I, I think to, the only time you don't is when you splash a third color. Like I don't have it in Wind. I don't have it in wind Grace, but it's like he doesn't. He's just too expensive for what I'm trying to right. do in Wind Grace. And, and um, I, was, I was actually
1: I, just gonna say that too, because in win Grace, your land count sometimes is just like five. Oh, like I've yeah. seen I've seen you play that before where like you're land you're cycling lands for value but you're not like dumping a bunch at once right yes, like it's much more it's much right. more like drips and drabs whereas to your point when you're doing Angry Omnom you want to do like the scape shifts of the world mm-hmm. and all of those other things that go into it which don't really play yep. into that like wind grace so I think that's a pretty good point uh, But, yeah Angry Omnom great card I think it finally went down in price so I just was going to type Angry Omnom in but that doesn't work so <laughs> because that's not what the card is called yeah, it's not it's literally not what's called <laughs> the angry jelly bean but yeah so um so that was my take on uh on brigger morose in Rage. remember it is not brigger morose and to your point i'm surprised they didn't do one of these in like return to ravnica right that's yeah. like something else like four colorless and i don't know or pharos. <laughs> yeah sure why not
0: yeah, uh, bring back Bergamoros. You know, uh, there's plenty of other legends that don't have another legendary card printed. And, you know, we we kind of want them to have a good card. But, hey, Bergamoros needed two. They needed just two. Just remember that. Absolutely.
1: So uh, that'll be the end of the Tuck Twister alert. Uh, passing it back to the Action 4 News Deck with Big Tuck and Mr. Combo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and if you're curious, Big Tuck did just Twister three
0: feet to his left.
1: Wow! Thank Get you for with right us. out us.
0: And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders at cmdtower.com/slash merch. You can support this new stomach by heading it over our Patreon, patreon.com/slash CMD Tower. With reward tiers for all the budgets, there is a way that you, the collective, can help. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action for News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, cmdtower.com. You can communicate. You can communicate directly with your team at CMD Tower, at Mr. number Five, all spelled out except for the five, at Dear Squee, and at Big Tuck Tweeting. From your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good burger burros. Burger <laughs>